0: Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at BlenderHD. That's, that's the handle on Twitter because unless you can find the guy that has the Blenderhead handle on Twitter who hasn't tweeted in 12 years and it's locked, go go find him and tell him to give it to me. So you have to go to Blender HD. That's why, that's why it's all over the place. So it's not high definition blending, whatever, you want to call it. Blender HD. Doesn't matter. Call me whatever you want as long as I'm making money playing DFS. Call you can call me anything. It doesn't matter. Right? I can call you people in the YouTube chat anything I want. I see you guys there, right? Card fan, Chandler Cannon, Gerald Miller, Dario Rosenstock, Yaz's Army, Mr. Plow is here. Meet Plow 9398, Jupocalypse, Hog Lawrence, Daniel Hutchings. All you guys in YouTube chat, you know what to do. Keep that apple juice cold. Hit the thumbs up button. Give me those dummy thumbs. If you're new here, hit the subscribe button. And uh, hit the notification bell to know when we go live every morning, whenever the channel goes live. Because we also have Grinders Live on YouTube. And uh, t- today is the last day before the the YouTube. The YouTube. Last day before, before the NBA All-Star break. And uh, we saw what happened yesterday yesterday you did whatever we talked about at 11 o'clock in the morning really didn't matter right it didn't matter it didn't matter at all now we have a nine game slate and uh may not matter what we, but they may not matter either right yesterday yesterday we had uh uh when we we what what did we know before and we knew about the raptors right we started to talk about the raptors and lebron being out okay so it's like okay this is gonna be a raptors lakers slate and then Luca gets ruled out. Then he's he goes down, he goes from questionable to doubtful to out. And then Jeremy Grant was ruled out by the the Pistons. Kelly Oubre, later in the later in the night. He gets ruled out. So it just came back the game down to uh uh Value City. Capella, yeah, he was also ruled out, right? He got he got downgraded to doubtful. So just like who the hell do we play now? Right? It's just uh I, I, Whole smorgasbord of value, right? A lot of people went to uh, to, to the, the Lakers. Guys like Tht, Markeith Morris, Dennis Schroeder, uh Montrez Harrell. He had a great game after a dud uh, because they, they they played small the last game, so that's why Harold didn't play as many minutes. And then obviously with the uh, Detroit, you had guys like like Zvi Mikhailik and uh, and Sadiq Bey, I guess, on Fanduel mostly. And then you you got the, with Luca, you got Brunson and Porzingis, who at, managed to muster a decent enough game. He he was a snowflake early. Uh, you got Tim Hardaway and Josh Richardson. It was just like pick your value. The Houston guys, right? Then you know Gordon and House were ruled out, right? So you got that, right? Did you want to play Sterling Brown, or or Tate, or I mean, Wall had a good game. Oladipo had a great game. I played a bunch of them, but it's like, you could pick pick whatever you want. You could have, you could have played so many lineups. You could have played 700 lineups yesterday that all that all seemed pretty good, right? You could have you played 700, 8,000 8, of them. Who knows? I was making lineups and just like, they're all, they're all projected the different, but 4v4 and it projects the same, right? Similar ownership also. So it's just a matter of like what you want to do. We saw uh, yesterday... I mean, a lot of low on players got there. A lot of the mid-range, the, the, the winner, Jernardi, Jamardi, Gernardi. I mean, look at the ownership here. Only two guys in double digits. Schroeder and Powell, who I thought was a little bit overpriced at 6,700, but whatever, he got there. He got Oladipo, Kuzma, right? Everyone went to the cheaper Lakers guys, but 4% Kuzma? Talk about leverage there. I mean, take a look at this. THT off the bench, forty-five percent. Obviously he's cheap, so I get it. Markeith Morris, forty-one percent. Schroder, forty percent. Like I obviously I get these guys, but how are they forty-plus percent and then Kuzma is four percent? Like these are the opportunities that you have to jump on. Did I know? But I mean, you could you could have right, right. There were so many ways to go yesterday. So if you wanted leverage off of like Schroder, if you wanted le- just Lakers leverage, I mean, how do you, Kuzma, I mean, he was starting and he's, LeBron and AD are out, then he shoots the ball a lot, right? We saw with Fournier was out yesterday also. There, There's another one and the Magic were running with a short rotation. You can play Terrence Ross. Look, Embiid was 7% only. He put up 75. Dennis Smith Jr. People were playing Sve. People were playing Sadiq Bay or maybe Plumlee or something, Dennis Smith, 8%. Capella gets ruled out and everyone's on like, John Collins time. Nope, Gallinari time, <laughs> 10X. And then Oubre get rolled out and Bazemore started. So he, you got a nice, you know, 8X eight, eight out, of, out of a 3,400 player. Did better than THD. So I get it, this lineup looks nice. King Mel coming in second. I mean, look at the difference in the points. I mean, look, look, look at the difference. This guy won by what, 28. How many points? 34 points. He didn't even need, he didn't even need. He could have won without Ken ba- He could have put anyone in this spot. He could have put a zero and would have won. That's how ridiculous the combination of these players were. Because the second place, it's like, okay, now we're getting some, some ownership here. Harden, Powell, Marquis Morris, the the Lakers guys, Dennis Smith, Joel Embiid. Like this looks like a normal lineup that would have won Justin Patton, even though he didn't start. You got 34 and a half. So that's a nice 9x, 8.5x. See, this looked like more of the lineup that was going to win last night. Three Lakers and Harden, like that type of lineup. Now, if you could pick out, if you could pick out the onesies and twosies that got there, boy, you put up a score. Shredder 831. Similar type of thing, Covington had a good game, Draymond, salvageable, right? This isn't that bad of a lineup, RBX. See, this is the type of lineup I thought would win. Harden, Powell, Schroeder, 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 I have to get that right, Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Harold Plumlee, okay, Kuz, I mean, this is the type of lineup that I would think, and normally would win. I mean take a look at the scores in this range. 365 to 372. And then just one person is just like, screw that. Screw that. I'm just gonna, I'm just I'm just gonna find everyone. I'm gonna find everyone that goes off and put them all in one lineup. And he did. Didn't even need Harden, right? Six percent Oladipo, four percent Kuzma, three percent Gallinari. You, you what do you need? You don't need anything, just need raw points at that point, right? Good, good, damn. I mean, hey, you can piece this all together. I mean, you you did great, but but I mean, but I get the lineups that are like this. Papa Gates, right? Same type of lineup. Sterling Brown, he had Gallo, Richardson, Harrell, Schroeder. I mean, this is the yeah, Harden, V Looks very similar to what I built. I mean, we could even see that in the across across the board over here. See, Brunson didn't kind of, I mean, didn't really get there. I mean, he did fine. Porzingis didn't get there for his price. But I mean, for the most part, the chalk kind of got there. Right? So he even got there, even after, like, he had minus one after a couple of minutes. But he got there. A lot of similar constructions. Different players, but similar constructions. That was the, that was the theme of last night. There was so much value, so much cheaper options that, you know, putting in Harden, Embiid, Steph Curry, whoever you wanted on the high end, there were plenty of low end options. Just a matter of which ones did you play? A lot of times on this type of slate, Luka would be in so we don't get Brunson or Hardaway or Richardson or Jeremy Grant would be in, so you're not gonna play now, now, Now we start condensing the value. Now, all of a sudden, Terrence Davis starts shooting up the ownership, right? With Van Vliet out and Siakam out, or Sterling Brown starts to get more. But if like Eric Gordon and House were in, then then his his ownership goes to nothing. Then everyone's playing the Lakers guys, right? THT would be 70% owned in that case. Marquise Morris would be 70% owned. It's like, what other value is there? So yesterday was just a night of value. That's why the scores were so high. Tonight could be the same thing. Tonight could be the same thing. We don't know. I mean, as of right now, I mean, Ty, if Ty Jerome is like the best value, it's gonna be a Ty Jerome and Nemanja Bielitsa. Cam Johnson even, just to throw in someone, it's gonna be a pretty low scoring slate. Because Horford, I think they, they have Horford out of the projections. But it's the day before the All Star break. It's like it's like it's like the day before spring break in, in school, right? When you went to when you went to middle school or whatever, no one cares, right? It's just like nine. No, we know we're gonna have a week off. There's no there are no repercussions. We don't want to do any work, right? The day before the spring break, day before whatever, you hope your teacher comes in with that projector or whatever. The TV rolls in with the TV card. I want the teacher to you want the teacher to even go like they they're done right? They, they want the vacation too. They want to start early. Like here, here's something to watch on TV. Here's a, some, some science program, some Nova episode. They put it on and then they read the paper. They fall asleep, right? Or something at the desk. It's like, okay, it's TV day. When I was younger, this was before we had phones and stuff. So we didn't have, we, there was no, there was no inter, inter-class entertainment or anything. So TV day, that was a big. I don't care what was on the TV. Didn't matter. Could have been a blank screen for all we care. It doesn't matter. Nova and a Nova episode, PBS Nova episode. That was that was. That's like Netflix. That's like, you know, oh wow, we get to watch Netflix today. You don't have to listen to this guy. But that's the way the NBA is going to be today. It was kind of what it was. It was like yesterday. So I don't know. I mean, currently the optimal is like, oh, oh Jerome and Pialata. Doesn't look all that pretty, but you never know. We got—we actually got ownership, initial ownership. But this is all like what four thirty-two in the morning. Does any of this matter? This is all going to change. This is all going to change anyway. That's why I like talking about strategy. We talk about DFS strategy here on the pregame show. That's why I go in the YouTube chat. A lot of times they're answering their own questions. I like looking through the YouTube chat. If you're listening to the podcast, you got to show up live. You gotta, you gotta, answer, you gotta ask your questions. Sometimes they're stupid questions, but a lot of times they're not. As the show has been going on and on since since January, smarter and smarter questions, smarter and smarter people. Right, Ronald Coley says Kuzma was questionable before luck Ah, that you're right. That's what kept his ownership down. Right, him and Caruso were both questionable last night. Okay, I get it a late swap situation right you probably get slots open i mean schruder was like the same price right wasn't schruder schruder was like for 5900 right schruder was 5900 and kuzma was 5800 so you could have in a utility spot you could have swapped i mean schruder did well also i mean he got 46 Kuzma got 49. So, I mean, he didn't, he didn't gain all that much. Three and a half points or something. Yeah. He could have done it. May have had Harold on that spot. I mean, Harold got 45. So, it's not like he gained much by switching Harold to Kuzma anyway. But, yeah, three Laker build was, was the build yesterday. Yaz's Army says, crack the top 20 in the 20 max. Thanks to using Late Swap. Thanks for helping me understand lineup HQ better. Well, you're welcome. But just understand that lineup HQ is a tool. It's not gonna do your thing it's not gonna do any thinking for you. It's just gonna do what you tell it to do. So think of the lineups you want to make and then tell the tool what to do. Don't just like go in and go, I don't know. What setting should I put in? That's what so many people ask. What settings do you use? I use whatever settings I need to use for that specific slate to make the lineups that I want to make. It'll change day to day. It depends. They're just like asking like, uh, how do you use, uh, what what settings do you put on your saw? Like, well, it depends on, on what I'm building. If I was a carpenter or something. What type of nails do you use in your drill? What type of bits in your drill? Well, it depends on what you're drilling. Same thing with some something like lineup H Q. So what settings are you like? What depends on what you're building. DC says got lucky and played McConnell and Bead last night. Yeah, McConnell was oh my god. How owned was he? But barely. He got to be barely owned on DraftKings. McConnell. Let's see. See 021 percent. Sixty six points. He had ten steals. Ted steals coming off the bench, right? He didn't start, or did he? No, it was Brogdon. Brogdon, Holiday, McDermott, Sabonis, Turner, right? I mean, he played a ton of minutes. He normally does. Sixty-six points. No one had him. Look, out of all the players that I picked up over here, not a zero percent, nothing. Because you're gonna play what McConnell over Schro- Schroeder? Schroeder, I always have to say it that way because it's like Schroeder. It's like no Schroeder. So you didn't have to worry about him on on DraftKings. Fanduel, you did, I guess. He's probably a little bit owned on Fanduel. Dot Tom says, when you say lineups matter, not players, what roster construction patterns are you really looking for, including why those patterns are successful? It depends on the slate. If there was a reproducible settings slash construction, that if you just did this, you make all the money, then what we would never be, I wouldn't be here. There would be no content. We'd all just be doing that until everyone does it. And then no one makes money. GPPs are about three things, projection, correlation, and leverage. That's it. That's what DFS is all about. Where is the projection? Where is the leverage? Where's the correlation? Well, obviously on a slate-to-slate basis, it's going to change. Why was Jalen Brunson so owned? Well, because Luka was out. And that takes up a guard spot. Why was THT and Markeith Morris and Dennis Schroeder owned? Because LeBron was out. So let's put LeBron in. Now you have to take those guys. Their projections just drop like a cliff. So now if Luke is out and you got rid of all the Lakers value, well, now Tim Hardaway and Josh Richardson start getting to be more owned. Someone has to fill the small forward spot. If Harden, Harden's going to be owned in another guard spot and Brunson, what that means is that other point guards are going to be lower owned. Right. If the point guard spot's going to be Brunson, Harden, Lowry, or something like that, or Schroeder on this slate, I mean, Steph Curry. I mean, he was 18% owned, but on a slate like this, he may have been, should have been higher owned. Damien Lillard was 12%. John Wall was only 10%. He put up 49 points with a shorthanded Rockets team. Dennis Smith was 8%. The reason their ownership went down is because the projection on, these other guys were high enough, two or three points higher, that they're gonna attract the ownership, which changes what the chalkier type of construction is and the lever- and the leverage points on that type of construction. So you have to look at projection first and go, what lineup project well? What do they look like? Can I build a different lineup with a different construction? That is not, that is lower projection, but not too low projection. And can I get leverage off of that construction? And correlation matters a little bit more for baseball or football, not necessarily in basketball as much. But it's like, how can I add to my ceiling expectation by we're either removing negative correlations or adding positive ones. But on every slate that's gonna be different. It's not going to be like, oh, if you always do scars and strubs, you're going to win. If you're always going to do balance, you're going to win. Well, it depends on how owned the players are on the slate. If we run based on our projections, which are not been manually adjusted, and current ownership, which obviously by six o'clock, all this changes. If I build 20 lineups, just base lineups, default nothing. Right? I get like Ty Jerome, Bielitsa, like, the forward spot, power forward. So power forward seems to be like a weak position. Other than maybe Giannis, right? JJ Redick, I mean, the values, ugh. Because so I'm seeing like a cheap garbage power forward and another cheap garbage power forward. That so makes me lean that the power forward position must be weak today in the mid range. That's what it's trying to do. So you get Giannis, right? Okay, so you can play Giannis in that spot. Giannis Lillard, and Giannis Lillard, but we're also getting Kings. This is what I'm looking at. What is the chalk construction? It's trying to do, it's trying to do stars and scrubs, but I mean, it's these some of these some of these guys are iffy. JJ Redick. Eh. start looking through these. Ty Jerome at 30% owned. Does that seem like a good idea? I don't know you start looking through and see what's what's the chalkier construction well based on our projections it's much more of a stars and scrubs build even though so you start looking you go how could how could i get 275.88 which is the optimal at 196 ownership how do i get close to that without not without without it being that but these numbers change on a slate to slate basis. You don't know how, they'll, they'll change to five hours from now. So doing anything now is not gonna matter. Okay, oh, I'm Johnson's gonna be 3% owned. who knows? Maybe he ends up being 30% owned, depending on who's in and who's out. What happens if Derek Rose sits again? We get uh, Emmanuel quickly or something. Okay, well that changes the whole dynamic of all the construction of everything. All the ownership moves, all the constructions move. So, while right now we may have center ownership at Jokic and Giannis and that type of stuff, maybe it ends up becoming more balanced. See, I, I X these guys out. I run 20. you probably see Lillard. you see more DeRozan, a little bit more balanced. Just looking at Lillard. Let's take Lillard out. So now we're at 272.9. I take those two the two big guys out, you lose about three points, about uh, three points in projection. And actually, you gain ownership. <laughs> you actually gain ownership only because Cam Johnson's three percent. So now I took out Lillard running 20. Just for time's sake. You can run a hundred. Down to 270. Getting rid of all three, you're giving up about five points in projection. And you're pretty much staying. Your ownership is kind of the same still. So if I'm getting the same ownership. <coughs> well, this all relies on like having a Redick or a of Johnson, it looks like. At 3%. Based on our current ownership. So don't go by this. So that's how the ownership is coming down. Because you get down to here. Terrence Davis and, you know, there you go. Serge Ibaka, 12%. So you get 201 but mathematically, if like there's a lineup that's 275 with 196 ownership, like that's going to be better. Then you're not going to say so I want to sacrifice five points and gain ownership. Like no, you don't want that. You want to sacrifice to get less ownership. So as of, as of right now, the lineups that are stars and scrub that contain some three percent owned scrub, according to our projections as of four four in the morning, which have not been manually adjusted. Is just an example. This lineup would be a better lineup because it's lower owned and it's higher projected. Well, who do I play? Who cares? Close to, to take take a hand and put it over the, the players' names. Who cares? The only thing I care about is how they may be co- negatively correlated to each other, right? Can Buddy Healed at 63 and elites at 4,000 get there in the same game? Probably. Yeah, okay, so I don't care. I don't care about that. Can Rose and Noel at their prices get there together? Yeah, probably. They're fine. <coughs> so you look and you go, okay, there's the lineup. That's the lineup, not players. I didn't choose who I'm playing. I looked to see what the field was going to do. Said, well, what happens if I don't play that guy? What does the lineup look like? What happens if I don't play this guy? What does I fade that game completely? Am I gaining? Am I? Am I? How much projection am I losing, and how much ownership, leverage am I gaining? Still, eight players in the lineup. Who cares? Who cares what the eight players are? Do you trust your projections? If the answer is yes, then who cares? I can't play Cam Johnson. Well, then he has a median of seventeen point two five, right? You look. You look at the Cam Johnson. Nine-point floor, 24-point ceiling, 12% smash. Not really good median-wise. This is not a safe play to any extent. But you can't trust this projection, and you can't trust another projection and not trust all the other projections. If he gets 21 minutes, this is what the range of outcomes is. Right? You can't go and say, say oh, my God, Jokic's projection is so great. I'm going to trust that one. And then not trust some. You either trust the model, or you don't trust the model. But mathematically, that's that's who should be in the lineup. But I don't like Cam Johnson. Then don't play. And find a different lineup. You probably find another lineup, half a point less than this that doesn't have Cam Johnson. But play that. <coughs> the difference between that lineup and this lineup is probably marginal. If you want that little little marginal edge, sure. Then then play the one that play Cam Johnson. <coughs> That's what lineups not players means. I repeat this all the time. I don't go into a slate going, who am I going to play? I go into a slate going, what do lineups look like? That's it. What do lineups look like? How could I make my lineup look differently yet still project well and, and be less owned? However I go about doing that, I don't, whatever the players have to be, then the, that's what the players have to be. Everyone's doing this, everyone, quote unquote. I'm going to do it slightly differently. And the more differently you have to, the the, the size of the contest, the more different you have to be. More likely you have to be. Playing a single entry 500 person contest, be a little bit different. Playing 40,000 entry big field contests, you got to be pretty, you got to be heavily different. In the long run. Yeah, sometimes the truck smashes. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes all the truck smashes, you need 440 points to win. Okay, yes. It's easier to win the lower scoring slates. <coughs> Going back to the YouTube chat. Kai Roach says, man, can we go back to some three to five game slates? I do so much better. Yeah, well, the larger the slate is, the more skillful it is. I prefer the larger slates. These types of slates, nine, ten game slates, beautiful. Leverage city. It's leverage city. P- people get all condensed. The ownership gets too condensed, and there's tons of options. Uncrabby Cabby wants me to break down my lineup in the $25 single entry. It was my cash lineup. There's nothing to break down. I put I put my I put my cash lineups in small single entry contests. It's like a triple up a quintuple up like that type of thing it's not as much of the volume as it but yeah i typically put in the 25 dollar single entry and FanDuel. so no I'm, I'm there's nothing to break down it's whatever whatever the optimal lineup was there's, no, there's nothing to mathematically based on our projections that was the lineup there that's the breakdown of it obviously when when news shifts you, you locked in your players and you you pivot if needed there you go. That's the, that was the math. It didn't it didn't work out, even though I had a low on Hayward in that lineup. But like questions like this don't. You have to get away from questions like this. Like Kevin, Kelvin McLaddle, what positions do you pay up at the most? What? There's no answer to that question. Because it? What are positions even matter? They don't. They're just slots that. Certain players could only fit in. Oh, you always pay up at center. No, you don't always pay up at center. If Jokic was 3K today, you're paying down at center, right? If Jokic was 15,000, you're not paying for him. <coughs> so there's no such things as what positions do you pay up or pay? There's nothing. Not in basketball, at least. You have to, you have to get away from thinking in terms of players. Thinking in terms of rules, thinking in terms of settings. These are all variables with probabilistic values. More likely, less likely. You have to think like that. You have to think nonlinear. The more linear you think, the more you're going to lose. Think nonlinearly. I have these 14 variables. And weighing it this way, okay, that, that could work. Or also doing it this way could work or also doing it that way could work probabilistically. This will work 21% of the time. This this way will work 22.7% of the time. This one will work 18% like in, and you can allocate money to all of them if you want. It's like a stock portfolio. You have stocks, you have bonds. Traditionally, maybe not recently, they, they were negatively correlated to one another, right? If, if equities go down, typically bonds go up, but then we have interest rates that are, who knows? Are bonds ever going to be worth anything anymore? Who knows? Uh, but it, it used to be that you balance your portfolio so you could take advantage of, you know, mitigate your risk rather than be a hundred percent in stocks and then stock market blows up You're you know, you lose 70% of your money. The same thing in, in DFS, if you're gonna build 10 lineups. You don't have to build 10 lineups for one scenario. You could build them that you could hedge against each other and build it like a hedge fund. Well, this lineup wins in this type of situation and that lineup wins in that type of situation and that lineup wins in this type. and then you just hope one of the situation happens, right? One lineup wins, the other nine are like, mm-hmm, not that good. But your goal is to win first. These, these GPPs are so top heavy. You have to maximize your shot at winning first place. But on certain slates, you may you may believe, you may look and you go, the ownership on this game, whatever game it is, or whatever player it is, is egregiously too low. Like there's so much value there. There's so much uh, expected value. by play, you know, it's a 3% on guy that really should be 20% on. That's what you think. And you're like, no, I'm just going to triple, quadruple down on it. I'm going to play 10 line, I'm going to play 20 lineups, and I'm going to play all 20 for that one scenario and then smatter a whole bunch of people around that. So if that one scenario happens, you have a whole bunch of outs to win. Of course, if that one scenario doesn't happen, most, nearly all your lineups are dead. You could do it that way. You can. That's a matter of diversification. That's a matter of, of, of risk tolerance. That's not a matter of strategy. Jacob Calloway asking about MLB, aside from correlation being way more important than projection. Well, may not way more important, projection's always important. There are there any other nuances that exist in MLB DFS that an NBA DFSer may not know about when starting out? No, other than the correlation stuff, pretty much. On large, most MLB slates are large. So most of the time you're gonna be stat, five, five, three, five, two, one, five, one, one. Whichever way you want. FanDuel, you're doing primarily 4 4, 4 3 1. You can't stack five on, on FanDuel. And there you go. I mean, like, to me, baking baseball lineups are way easier than NBA lineups. MLB lineups almost make themselves. That's why I don't mind, you know, like multi entering more so especially with the lack of late, the you know, you still have late swap, but the lack of utilization, like doesn't matter that much. You're not going to get like, oh, 17 guys are out after lock and jamming in 2K batters. Like it, it doesn't happen. But other than what, there's no other nuance. Basketball, you could play all different types of players. In baseball, it's like, if you ain't stacking, you ain't winning. Yeah, and there will be time. Ta- yes, there will be random lineups that win GPPs of all one-offs, of all the guys that hit two home runs that day. Good luck, good luck winning long term doing that. It, 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 much more likely to win stacking. That's gonna be the predominant way. If you if you're not gonna st- wait to the point because people ask, oh everyone's stacking. Isn't there a isn't there a, a value to doing what people aren't doing by not stacking? No, people still don't stack it. We haven't gotten to that point yet. So you don't even have to bother asking the question. Ronald Coley asks, I wish you could have two pools and put them side by side so you could see what the untouched optimized build is. And the one well, you have different builds. You could build, look what I just did. You have different builds, right? You could, you could rename that. I could go, you know, this is, the, this is the optimal, right? You could do that. And then exclu- we excluded players. And then we have this, right? I excluded Giannis, right? No Giannis. No Giannis. No Jokic. Right. You could do that. And you put them side by side. Now you have to switch back and forth, but I mean this is pretty, this is pretty simple, right? Another way to do it is if you have two browsers. You go, you have to use browser storage here. You have to switch to browser storage which means you don't get cloud storage. Cloud storage on line of HQ means that you can open this up on another computer it'll save everything for you. So it's all, it's cloud storage. That's what the cloud is. Browser storage means it's only local to whatever browser you're using. If you, if, you, if you have cloud storage on and you close your web browser and then you open it back up, like everything will be saved. But if you close your web browser on browser storage, you got, it's done. When you restart your Chrome or Safari or whatever, like you're back to, it's not going to save anything. So if you have browser storage on, that means you could open up multiple browsers, not multiple tabs, multiple browsers. So if you wanted to switch to browser storage and you could play around with the build tier and whatever settings you want, open up another browser. if you're in Chrome, you open up Safari or you open up Firefox, you open up another browser and then load line on HQ, sign into Roto-Grinders, load and... You could do two different, two different build settings. Any you could do anything you want at that point. So that's another way of doing it. I find that why can't you just do it this way? You can make you can make any builds you want, exclude include whatever players you want as reference. I think that's the best solution. Rob B says, with all these players out and so many unknown factors, are you willing to sacrifice more median? Well, it depends as long as I'm getting the ownership to go with it. The unknown stuff doesn't matter. And who cares? Still going down to basic DFS concepts. The more uncertainty, the better. The, the more uncertainty there is, the more likely you should be getting away from consensus opinion, right? If, if there's more uncertainty... That's what I thought like last night, like people, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker being that owned. I thought GPP would be fine to just not play him or have less lineups that include him. You could have played, but a 45% owned guy on a 10 game slate coming off the bench. Yeah, sure. You're right. He projected well, I get it. The range of outcomes there is, is also wide. And the consensus, these, this uncertainty, the consensus opinion was that he was a good play and everyone was going to play him. Well, look at Baysmore. He turned out to be a better play. You, you didn't get the news till late that he was going to start for Ubre. But look, Gallo did well and and Zve did well and I mean there were plenty of guys in that 3, three to 4k range that did better than THT. But THT was 45% down. So like in times of uncertainty, you want to exploit people's overconfidence. So the overconfidence was in those Lakers players. Did it work out? No. If you faded the Lakers, it didn't work out. I think strategically, I think you were fine. Uh, Alan Alexander says, hey, Blender, just wanted to say thanks. I bought the Theory of DFS, the 15-hour audio masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. I understand it quite well. It was a casino employee and a poker player and a math major. Yeah, if you have the you have background in poker and stuff, like it, once you see the once you see the comparison, it's 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 not that difficult. It Really isn't. I feel like I'm repeating the same concepts over and over again. Keith Karuth just getting into DFS, just getting into DFS. A little bit late. FanDuel, what's the best advice you could give a beginner? What I always say, the best advice is you're not playing a game of sports. Forget that this is even about sports. Forget everything you know about sports. You think you know a lot about basketball? Forget it all. Just forget it all. Who cares? You're playing a math game. You're playing a strategy game. DFS has nothing to do with who I I know more about, about basketball than you. Can it help a little? Sure, I guess so, yes. But for the most part, you're playing a math game. So that, that's always the best advice to me. Well, I know football and I know that. Okay, great. Do you know the game theory of DFS? No, then you're going to lose. You have to know all of that first. And then, then maybe knowing the sport, the nuances and the, the coaching tactics and all that, maybe you get a little extra edge right? You're able to allocate minutes slightly better. Slightly better. Okay, fine. But if you don't know how to play DFS, you're going to lose. Uh Drewer27 asks, Blender, you always say that you could make your cash lineup when news breaks in like five minutes. Could you do that without updated projections? And what would you do if you didn't have them? I just... Dude, like I, I play catch without projection. I mean, you could build a lot. I it's not hard to figure out who's undervalued. Right? So it's yes, in my spreadsheet this year, I'm just going purely by the math. But I could I could tell on a slate, like yesterday. Oh, LeBron's out and they didn't that, that everyone's everyone in the Lakers is still priced the same. Right. Oh, Luka's out, and everyone in the Mavericks is still priced the same. Like, obviously, that's where the value is going to be. The, the Raptors. Plenty people of people around. Okay, that could be a source of where to go. You got to pay up somewhere. Most likely, he was going to be in a guard position. Oh, that's hard. Like I could have built my cash lineup without even looking at projections yesterday. Once you, once you remove LeBron from the Lakers and they didn't, pro- like, Schroeder, Schroeder. Schroeder, I have to get that right. Like it should have been like 7,800 and not 5,900. Keith should have been 5,400, not 4,200. Harold should have been like 6,800 and not 5,500. Like I don't have to look at projections to know that. Who benefits when you remove a guy from the team and you don't change any of the the pricing? The pricing is inefficiently too low. Yeah, Brunson playing 24 minutes is fine at that price, but if he's going to play 36, I'm jamming him in. I don't have to look at projections at that point. I know the projections are going to agree with me. The guy's going to get 12 extra minutes and all the usage. will give it to me. I don't need to know the exact number. I know I know. I know, I know he's going to be in my cash line. So yeah, even if, if late news happens, right? Oh, Ubre's out. Well, I know that obviously that affects Wiggins. That affects Curry. Whoever starts, Bazemont. Okay, there you go. I mean, like, It's not complicated. I don't have to look at anything to know that. We want the most accurate, uh, yeah, the projections. But if I was doing my own projections, I'd be doing that already. Oh, Ubre's out. Okay, I have to take off his 32 minutes and I have to give them to someone. And the usage changes. uh, Wiggins gets more run in the second unit uh, overlapping and then... Is going to, of course Bazemore is going to be in but he's going to get less usage but more minutes so I could do that myself I outsourced that to roto riders, they they would know better than me Noto and Toddle and Meansy so why should I spend the time if they're going to be doing it anyway but I could do it myself I just want to be as efficient as possible top players that have their own projections that's what they do I choose to rely on roto grinders. Let's see. Go them through the YouTube chat some more, get your last minute questions in. Cause I don't know how much we could talk about today's slate. I, I, I'm just predicting that the, we're gonna have news throughout the day. It's gonna be, well, this guy may not be playing and that guy had uh, sniffles, they'll make up injuries. They'll make they'll make it up. He's a broke he's a broken they'll make up a they'll make up a body part, right? Let's see. go through some YouTube chats some more. Corner TV asks, how can I locate the smash percentage on the mobile version of the app? I have no idea. <laughs> That's that's the best answer I could give you. I don't use the mobile version. I don't use the I don't use the lineup HQ app. You can see it obviously in the mobile. Like if you bring an, if you bring a lineup HQ in your mobile browser, you should be able to see it just fine. In the app, I have no clue. I would never I I know we have, I know here at Roto Grinders we have the road the lineup HQ app. I can I I can't possibly see using it. <laughs> I'm just being truthful. Maybe it's maybe it's worth it, maybe, for some people. Single lineup, Can you? I, I guess. I'm always on my desktop. I'm always building lineups on the desktop. If anything, I'd be using a mobile browser for Lineup HQ, if any, but even then, like that's like a, you know, getting stuck in the middle of the woods type of solution. Like, oh, do I use, the, do I use a mobile Safari Lineup HQ to build a hundred lineups? Like that's like, you know, I got kidnapped and let out I was in a trunk for an hour and now I'm in the middle of the woods and now I now I got to change my lineups like th- that type of situation other than that I'm I'm sitting on my desktop to do that I may enter contests on the app I may sweat the games on the app I may look switch some stuff this guy to this guy you know one line up here and there I'm, I'm me personally I'm on I'm on the desktop so so I don't know support at rotogrinders.com. ask them we're asking our Discord or something. Just telling you the truth, I don't use it. People asking about settings. What do you set your projections and salary cap at? Whatever, whatever I need to for the lines that I want to make. You have to. Most people are going to lose. I, the, you, you know, you know what good players like—the fact that people use optimizers without knowing how to use them. That's a good way to just throw your money away. We love it. I download the CSVs and I can tell. I can tell who uses projections and optimizers and are eventually going to lose all their money. I can tell in every contest. Download the CSV. Easy. Really easy to tell. It's like 20% of the lineups in the contest. Not necessarily just roto grinders, any, any type of optimizer. Like I can tell. I could look at, oh, this person put in 100 lineups by doing nothing. Press the, press the button for 100. Uh, give me the top 100 optimals. You look at their exposures. It's like, okay, they made 100 cash lineups. Thank you for donating. Well, what settings should I use? And then you see ones where it's all over the place. You see ones where like uh, someone has 50 lineups and their ownership is so low that it's like, like who, who would have possibly thought about making that you, I know that you probably went in and set a max ownership at like 60 and thought that was going to do it. And you, all you need to do is that. And then you look at the lineups and they're like all at the bottom because like they contain absolutely none of the shock value plays. And then as long as one of them gets there, all those lineups are dead. So it's like, okay, someone that doesn't, doesn't understand that DFS is not about settings. There's no such thing as what's the right settings? What's the right numbers? Get away from that thinking. All these things are variable. They're all variable. How much do you think about this? Well, on certain slates I do, and certain slates I don't. Well, how do you, do you, do you have, how many unique, well, on certain slates I do, and certain slates, that's always gonna be the answer. Well, is this the slate? Well, it depends on the contest you're playing now. <laughs> then it then it starts going to, what contest are you playing? Then it goes to, well, what's your risk tolerance? Cause that's diversification. How much per- percent of your bankroll are you playing? Are you willing to play risky or, or not play risky? Like there's so many different variables. So asking me, like, what are you, what is this slate and what, like, dude, there could be 18 answers. Like on this slate, it may you lock and tie Jerome, and see what happens. That's not the that's not wrong. It's not it's not right either. That's right now he's the best value on the slate. As of right now, it seems scary to me that thirty four hundred dollar guy for the Thunder on a nine game slate is going to be like that's going to be the truck value? Probably not. By the time six o'clock comes around, no one will be talking about it. Who knows? But as of right now, that's the way it is. So, do you play him or do you not play him? Well, just look at your lineups. There are lineups that you can play him and there are lineups that you, can, you shouldn't play him. In. How old is he going to be? Because different 30% ownership and 60% ownership is drastically different. 30% ownership and 10% ownership is drastically different. So what's that, what is that ownership going to be? If it leans more towards that 60%, I'd consider making lineups with less of them. Down to the 10%, maybe you maybe end up making more of those types of lineups. But it has nothing to do with Ty your own. has to do with the lineups that you're making. And then once you, once you decide on that, now, now, you're, now you're able to visualize those lineups and then go into the settings in Lineup HQ and make the tool build the lineups that you want to make for you. If you're playing if you're playing i'm gonna play a core of six guys well then obviously you number of unique players is two i'm playing a pool of a hundred players well maybe now your unique players is three if you want more diversification but it depends which one are you doing but the settings depend on what you want to do any last questions any last questions? People are talking amongst themselves. Why doesn't Tuttle dress up like Allie G? Why doesn't he? That is is that is that the co- good question? Teaching people stuff here, teaching about the game theory of daily fantasy sports. Why doesn't Tuttle dress up like Allie G? He could, he could get away with it, right? I mean, he doesn't really look like Sasha Baron Cohen, but. Close enough, old school, right? I mean, Ali G is like—it's over twenty years ago. But why doesn't he? Mention him on Twitter. Go on Twitter. People want to know why? Are, why are you not dressing up as Ali G? Almost like the people are expecting him to. I don't know why. That—that's the biggest question on the slate. Why isn't Tuttle dressing up like Ali G? You could ask him in the Discord. If you're if you're a premium member, remember if you're a premium member, you get uh, you get lineup HQ, you get the projections, you get everything, you get uh, premium Discord. Click on the link in the description below in the chat. Devin's dropping the links. Hit that link. Get ten dollars off your first month. So we got what 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 mess of a slate it's going to be tonight. I'm gonna I am i I'm, I'm building it up as if the slate is going to be chaos. And what's going to end up happening? It's going to be like six o'clock and like nothing has happened. We're just sitting here going, so, so, what, what, when do the bombs drop? And maybe they never do. And maybe that's what makes it chaos that there are no bombs to drop. But, uh, well, we'll see. We'll go over it all tomorrow, right? I'll be here tomorrow, even though there's no slate. I'll be here tomorrow. I'll be here Monday. Maybe we'll talk some showdown stuff at the All Star game. Maybe we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Maybe I'll get Tuttle on, dressed up as Ali G, maybe. You have to get him to do that. I'm not going to ask. Because I'm here no matter what. When baseball comes up, we'll be talking about baseball. Right? When, when to, who knows? We'll talk about MMA, right? Isn't there a UFC card on Saturday? Talk, talk about that. I don't know. Am I even playing it? I'm not even sure. But whatever you want, that's what we do here every Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern on the DFS pregame show here on (laughs) rotogrinders.com.